Salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How You Feeling, a podcast dedicated to exploring emotional intelligence in a practical and useful way. Today, we're going to talk about the topic of positive self-interest. As always, I am your host, Dr. C, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. We are joined by our regular co-host, Dr. Jeff Haverlin. Jeff, how are you feeling? I am. I'm feeling pretty balanced right now. So, oh, I so like balance. I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no complaints. A little bit better than this morning. So, you know, that's what I like uh, to hear. It's all good. Yeah. So, progress, so not Xander, right? Xander, tell us how you're feeling today. I'm feeling wonderful. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be uh, experiencing life today. And for those of you in, in audience land who uh, are wondering who Xander is, we have a very special guest host today. Uh, we're, we're blessed to have uh, Mr. Alexander Soleil, uh, who is a faculty and staff member at the University of Dubuque. Uh, and he caters, well, I'll let him tell you what he does rather than me take the whip from him. Xander, what, who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, I work in the English 90 program, so getting students who aren't quite up to the college level of writing, ready to continue their career. And then I work on comm, so speech in that realm. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Okay. So awesome. Uh, good. So guys, let's start um, kind of as we always do with a kind of what is. So Jeff, what, what does positive self-interest mean to you? For me, um, positive self-interest is really... Um, making sure that you care for yourself before you attempt to do the same for others. Okay. Love it. Xander, you have anything to add to that? What does that mean to you? Um, I would say I, I like his definition where it's taking care of others. You think about the airplane pulling the mask over your face. Sure. Very much that, but I would add it's that balance piece to it okay. where, you know, if you take care of yourself too much, you find yourself no longer doing care, but just relaxing stuck in relaxed land <laughs> sure sure I, I think those are both great points i think you know my, when i when i think of that topic it's it, it really positive self-interest is sort of the ultimate endpoint to our discussion of consequential thinking because i think in its in its nature uh positive self-interest is that idea of self-care by way of considering the short-term and long-term implications of you doing that self-care um, and so I think we need to make sure that we we have that in there because we'll talk a little bit later about what positive self-interest is not. And I think understanding the tie into consequential thinking will help listeners understand that a little bit better. Well, and I got to say, I like what Xander added to that about balance, just because, you know, and not only just kind of like uh, slacking off or whatever, but but there are times you, you know, positive self-interest does have to take a back seat. Um, to caring for others at that immediate moment that you added balance to that. Because to me, that, that makes, makes it so much more realistic that oftentimes we do have to just act on behalf of other people and then make their back and, and take care of ourselves as well. Yeah, great, great follow-up. So Xander, I'll throw to you first. What's an, ex what's an example to you of someone acting in their own positive self-interest? Uh, I would say going in positive self-interest is taking taking a step away from those things that you know it's that motivation versus self-care i guess we live in that split the split sure. so i i gotta work hard i gotta get to my goal but it's that taking a step back so you can reevaluate your goals 
relax, take a breath, and then re-enter with a, a fresh mind. Sure. Sure. I like that. Jeff, what about you? Well, um, his definition was really spot on. And I, I look at mine, you know, when, you know, as, as a parent, you know, I often have to deal with this as well, that you, you really do have to make sure you are coming from a good grounded place um, before you react to things or um, be, before you have to react to things. So um, acting in your own self-interest sometimes is just taking a breath and um, realizing you've got to get all the things flowing in your mind the way they should before you react to it. Sure. And it, it's just giving yourself that space to breathe. No, I, I think that's, I think that's really good. I like it. I like that. Oh, so would you would add say, well, with uh, how you said, it's that making sure you're in the right space of mind, that self-care, if for people who struggle with caring for themselves and they want to care for others, you can't really be sure that you're caring for someone else until you've gotten yourself in that right state of mind. So, yeah. And the way I kind of look at it too, is just sort of a, uh, to put a bow on it perhaps is that idea of like a water pitcher. Right. And when I think of self, when I think of just caring, you know, we, we want to continue to be able to give the water in our pitcher to people at our table. And then you give water to all the people at your table and it's your turn to get water and your pitcher's empty. And so that's kind of how I think about it is making sure that you have water in your pitcher to be able to give that water to someone else is sort of the essence of, of PSI, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that. There's always that you can't pour from an empty an empty bucket thing, and that's the same analogy that you were working on, and and it is the truth. Yeah. Um, all right. So, okay, so let's dig into this a little more, and we can start with you, Kevin. So um, why, why is it difficult for us sometimes to act in our own self-interest? Um, you know, what, what gets in the way of that? Sure, great question. Uh, lots of things, right? Um, you know, I think, I think, for for all the talk and emotional intelligence uh, of trying to get the individual to realize the power of their own choice, and, and sort of get away from blaming things or using the environment as an excuse, it's the environment that that keeps us from using PSI. You know, it's you know, as a parent, it's your children that have needs that come first. Uh, as a as a spouse, it's your spouse's needs that you want to attend to. You know, as an employee, maybe it's your boss or or some folks that work for and with you. And so I think, I think, you know, if I could use a juggling metaphor, you know, the more balls you have to keep in the air, the more things need your attention before you ever really stop to think about giving attention to yourself. You know, one of the things I think about there is, you know, I've used the example before of how how many of you get so into your jobs that you look at your clock and it's like 1130 and you started your day at eight and you haven't even gone to the bathroom yet. Like you've, you have neglected to use the bathroom because you've just been so busy getting other things done. And that idea of even a basic physiological need of going to the bathroom sometimes even gets neglected because, well, I've got to make one more phone call or respond to one more email. Um, and so that can, can be a huge uh, detractor from, from acting in PSI. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that, all of that. Now, Xander, anything you'd add to that or take away from that? or? Well, I think whenever we act, in, I guess personally, when I act in self-interest, I always have a sense of guilt. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a, such a bad thing, but I think sometimes it's good that we lean into that guilt. Um, 
because if it's truly self-interest, we're doing it for a, a better tomorrow. We're doing it for a positive reason. Um, but there's still that sense of, well, I filled my glass so I would have enough to share, but now someone at the table might not have any. And, and there's that sense that if, if I give all the water to myself, I don't have enough to give to others without realizing if I continue to take care of myself, I can keep refilling, I can keep going, I can keep giving. Um, and so I, I definitely get the sense of guilt whenever I do some of that self-care where I'm not committing time to others. Um, and it's just something you have to lean into a little bit. Good point. Definitely good point. So I look at it too right now as, you know, and Kevin, you about our current reality with COVID and all that. And sure. Um, but, you know, when you look at the jobs right now that people are deeming essential and, you know, when you think about self-care, if your boss is telling you that you need to go to work today um, and you decide to take care of yourself and say, well, my anxiety is going to work today um, or I'm worried about not following this stay at home kind of order and and you choose not to go, then acting in your own best interest can can really kind of come back and bite you in terms of of job security, or sure. even sure. these physicians we're seeing who come home from work and nurses and, and other health uh, professionals, and they can't really even interact with their kids because as much as they would love to, they fear what they could possibly bring home. And so um, it, these are all to me ways that you can really start to envision how it can be difficult to act in your own self-interest, even though you need it more than you can imagine, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily follow the workplace or social norms that, that you're put under. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so let's go a little further then. So, uh, and I think we're getting into selfishness right now. Does that sound about right? I, I think, uh, well, I was going to say, I feel like Xander was slightly hinting at that. So let's jump down the selfishness rabbit hole. <laughs> All right. So, Xander, we're going to start with you then and, and, and talk a little bit to us about what it to be self. Well, I would say the, the difference where you, you cross that line from self-interest into selfishness is probably when you start putting yourself ahead of this greater good. And I, I don't mean the greater good as whatever we kind of talked like if you work for a company, maybe that's your boss's greater good or your country's greater good or your religion's greater good. But what is your personal goal in life? What is it that you want to see out of life? Um, and, and maybe those align with some of those other greater goods. But when you start putting today's here and now in front of that future greater good, I think that's where you cross the line. Okay. So Kevin, what, what would you possibly add to that? Sure. Well, and, and I would add, I think maybe from, from more of a a skeletal issue as far as the concept is concerned. You know, I think the difference between self-interest and selfishness is just that lack of consideration for the consequences, right? Like I think selfishness is that everyone else be darned, I'm doing this thing or I'm going to this place or I'm, I'm consuming this product because it's what I want. You know, it's that, um, what was the character from Willy Wonka who just kept yelling at her dad? I want, I want, I want like, to me, that was the, Violet, wasn't it? Violet Beauregard. Was it? Okay, Violet. <laughs> you know, she's the poster child for selfishness because she didn't at all consider 
how that action would impact her father or the group of kids that she was with or Willy Wonka himself. And so that to me is that issue is when you stop considering the consequences of your self-care, you are, you are slowly inching your way into the selfishness realm. Do you think though, even if we look at Violet as our, that, you know, if you grow up in a place or in a context where that isn't necessarily selfish, but rather that's you advocating for your own self needs or self interest. I, I think that brings up a kind of an interesting point that it sometimes self, um, this whole idea of being selfish or having self interest. Um, I, I, again, I know I talk a lot about context, but I do think sometimes it can be very contextual in who is making that assess that assessment of you being selfish or selfless kind of thing. Oh, um, I agree. I agree. It's a complicated, it's a complicated topic because like Xander said, you know, I think that probably the number one resulting emotion that most people feel when they choose to act in self-interest is guilt because, well, could that money have gone to something else or could that time have gone to someone else or could that action be used? You know, it's like opportunity cost basically is what it boils down to. And so it's tough because you're right. You know, self-care is not selfish, but self-care can become selfish. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting issue to consider. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it is a complex thing. Violet is also kind of an interesting example when you think about it, because, you know, from her rate being raised as someone who, who worked in like, she's always had access to unlimited supplies. So for her to take from the supplies isn't taking away from anyone from her perspective, right? So she has these unlimited resources. So it's natural for her to keep drawing from those resources. Uh, so she doesn't see it as this drain and she doesn't see it as the selfishness because it, when she takes, there's always more to be, right. to be had. So there's also the, what did you, what did you, what do you have and what do you have access to that, that kind of leans into your selfishness? Yeah. Because yeah, I agree. We might look at Violet's actions and say, well, if I had those resources, I would act so much differently, but how would we act? Right. Sure. Sure. There's no way to know for sure. Good. That's a good point. All right. So we, I'm trying to, let's see here. So we probably should talk a little bit. It's about time to switch over into um, an idea of, you know, how do we take care of our uh, positive self-interest? And sure. so um I think this would be a really good time to talk about the self-care wheel then. Perfect. Uh, and and the different pieces of that and possibly just add, you know, we can just go kind of around the table here and and talk about ways that we might be able to in our own lives address each of these issues or what these or what these wedges mean to us. And then that way people listening might be able to kind of take an assessment of their own life to see if they are working to find balance in these wheels in, in these parts of the wheel wedges really every single day yeah sure and also just as a quick aside before we jump into that jeff for the listeners out there uh, we are attaching a link to the self-care wheel in the show notes so we would very much encourage you to pull that self-care wheel up either for the duration of the time you're listening to the podcast or just when we get to this point but we did want to make that resource available so that that you all could use it as a guide to to start assessing maybe where your self-care strengths are and where your self-care growth points could be. All right. So let's start with um, let, let's start with one 
like right now, we'll just begin with physical. I'll just okay, well, first, Jeff, first, Jeff, yes. tell, we'll let you jump in here because I know you're very passionate about this wheel. Why don't you tell um, the listeners what are the six wedges and then we can start with whatever one you want to start at. Perfect. Okay, so the six wedges on this wheel um, are physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, personal and professional and the thing is is if you go and google self-care you can find tons of different wheels and all different colors with all different wording and so the the idea here is not that this is the greatest and the best wheel to ever be invented this is just one tool that you can use to really assess what your your life balance is in terms of self-care and and self-interest perfect all right so when I guess I'll throw them out this way. So when I talk about if I were to say taking care of yourself physically, um, it, whatever one of you would like to go first, um, tell me what what it means to you to take care of yourself physically and maybe an example of of something you do to meet that need. So I I, I would say taking care of myself physically means that I. I, I'm feeling down. It's a lot easier to stay on that couch today. It's a lot easier to keep binge watching Netflix, but I, I make myself get up and go for a walk. And even if that, that if it's a five minute walk, I did something today. I would say that that's the self care, and that one that self care has a little more of a push behind it. Sure. Yeah, and I think for me, physical, like to me, and I and I certainly it's it's tough to talk about the self care wheel without sort of harkening back to. Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. But when I think of that physical uh, wedge, you know, I'm thinking like even in my own life, just making sure I'm getting enough sleep so that I can care for my students and care for my wife and care for my daughter and care for my family and friends and like sleep and drinking enough water and, and some sort of exercise or, or, or activity function to keep the blood moving and to keep sort of the brain fresh to me is what, what physical means. Yeah. And those are great examples of that. And there's there's really not a I mean, there are different if you read this wheel on the link that we have, there are plenty of different things on there that that could apply here. But but for me, especially right now, I feel like I hike and walk more than I've ever hiked and walked anywhere. We are going anywhere and everywhere. And actually, as a, a plug, if any of you are looking to get out and hike, um, even though the caves are closed at Makokata Cave State Park right now, the trails are open and it's seriously amazing out there right now. Um, so a good, good way to, to get out of the house, go check out those trails. And as soon as the bats wake up, then they'll let you back in the caves. But well, and also, um, if, if you don't live in the upper Midwest, many state parks are open right now. So by all means, go, go find a local city, county or state park. And I'm sure they are wide open for hiking. Yeah, that's true. I <laughs> Started not really paying attention to my demographic <laughs> here, but um, okay. So physical, we've got that one. Now let's get into more of psychological. So the next wedge being psychological, what does that mean to you? And we can start with Kevin on this one. Sure, sure. So yeah, so when I think psychology, I'm thinking of of brain health, and I know that emotional also has sort of a brain health element to it. But when I think more psychology, I'm thinking you know more things like I, I've experimented with like journaling. So more like when I think psychology, I'm thinking of like reflection. So what sort of key events, what signpost events stuck out in my day and how would I assess how I handled them, right? Like, could I have approached that conversation a little differently or could I have approached, you know, that resource use a little differently? 
And so to me, I know journaling really helps with my reflection, um, my ability to reflect because I think we learn a lot from, from lessons and, and what better lessons than the ones we go through ourselves. So for me, journaling is one of those things I do to try to help with my psychological self-care. Okay, good. Xander, what about you? I would say for my psychological aspect, uh, I, I, I fall back on this when I start to feel kind of out of control in my life. Um, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll take a shelf or a drawer and I, I just organize it. And it, it sounds kind of silly, but I, I'll spend two hours organizing one drawer and lining up every pencil so that it faces exactly the same way and it all the erasers line up. And it's just that that simple sense of control coming back into my life and that, you know what, maybe the rest of the world's still chaotic, but right here in this drawer, I've made it. I've made it what it can be. And then I kind of take that and, and go forward. So it just gives me that that power, I guess, to go forward. Good. I like that. That that is a definitely definitely a unique way of looking at it. And and so these are both of you gave great psychological examples. And I think the one thing I to that, I always like I I believe more of our pets. Um we have a pretty old dog um, right now. And but one thing, if we take a note from the the pet book, you know, it sometimes just getting sunlight, like if you open your curtain, you know, your dog, our dog yesterday was just hanging out in front of the patio door, sleeping in the, the one beam of sunlight that happened to be coming through. Um, the day before that, she was out on the porch just sleeping in the sunlight that happened to be there. And and a lot of times that is big psychologically, that there's there's something bigger, brighter available for you. Um, and I, I think we learn a lot from our pets, but that's a good psychological uh, note that I've taken from them as of late. Sure. Um, okay, so emotional. So what does it mean for self-care in terms of emotion? Xander, you want to volley this one first? Yeah, I can start off. Uh you know, emotional is probably one of these areas where I'll struggle the most. And I, I think looking at this wheel, what's kind of neat is, you know, I, I, I've seen this, I've looked at it, but now that I'm going through each one, I can see the areas that it's easy to self-care and some of these where we have to work a little harder. Um, and I would say emotional is sometimes, even though it might feel like a lie to myself, telling myself that I'm okay, that I'm, that I'm, I have value and that even if I don't have value, that's okay. That I, I'm still someone I still can go out and like my life has value, even if I don't provide something to someone. Um, and I guess, you know, that's, that's one of my big struggle areas. And so forcing myself and, and it's not a lie because those are truths, but sometimes we tell ourselves things and we have to say it a few times before we start to believe it. So I would say that repetition almost is that emotional. So I guess that lands under affirmation, telling myself I have value. Awesome. Okay. Kevin. Yeah. You know, emotional self-care is something I, I might say that I think I, I is one a strength for me. Um, and, and I think certainly, you know, we do different, I do different things here depending on the emotion that I want to be in. Like I know you and I have talked before, but like I have, a, I have a cry song, right? So like, if I really just want to let out a good cry, you know, I'll put on REM's everybody hurts and just, just sit there. Um, but you know, I it it the, I read an article recently that really sort of opened my my mind to emotional self care, and I think one of the, the fallacies I was exhibiting early on was that idea that you got to give hundred percent to everything, right? And and 
oh, well, why would you give less than 100%? You got to give 100%. And this article was saying that that to to rethink that, to say it's impossible to give 100% to everything because you only have 100% to give. But what this article was saying was don't expect 100% from everyone on everything, but expect 100% of what they do have to give. And so I think one of the things I do for my emotional self-care is, is check in. I check in with myself pretty regularly. And in that check-in, I do that assessment of, okay, what what sort of emotional resources do I have left? I want to make sure I'm, I'm present with all of that for whatever the next situation is. And so I always try to marry um, the check-in with what's left in the tank so I know reasonably what I have to give versus trying to live up to that unrealistic expectation of 100% to everything every time. Good. And I think a lot of us could learn a lot from that whole idea because, you know, we often do try to overexert that way. Um, in my emotional care, I'm, I'm big into laughter. I think that is truly the one thing, you know, if you've ever been at that emotional point where you can laugh and cry at the same time, you understand the power of um, just being able to find humor in that moment and laugh through it. And so that's a big uh, strategy for me. But um, Xander, your mom and I talk a lot about um, grace, offering grace to other people. And this is a big piece of, of things for me emotionally that, you know, this idea that you can practice forgiveness, that you can offer um, people that extra little bit, even when they may not necessarily deserve it, because it helps you practice um, your own emotional regulation. And, and so that's a big, big one for me in terms of emotional self-care. Um, so spiritual is next. So we tend to look at spiritual and we're thinking, you know, immediately go to like church and religion. But, but um, so Xander, I think we, I don't even remember who we're following with, but Xander, you can start this one. What is your, your church, so to speak, when it comes to spiritual self-care? So for spiritual self-care, it's definitely a reflection on, I guess, what I think is right. Um, and I, I try to focus on that. Uh, there's just a lot of negative. Just the Internet is is far more negative some days than it is positive. And we live basically there now where I mean, especially nowadays when we can't go and see our friends, we where we live in the Internet. And so when everything we see is negative, and every time you look up something, you get the worst possible result. Uh, I, I really try and force myself into a positive area and say, well, what's right with the world? What's right with what I have? And I try and focus on being grateful, I would say. So just focusing on like, well, and not comparing. I think that's a trap a lot of people fall into is I want to be grateful. So I'll say I'm often this person. And instead, I just say, well, this is what I do have. And I'm, I'm happy I have that. Good. Good use of gratitude on that. Yeah, no, that's a great um, outlook. All right, Kevin, over to you. Yeah, I um, I rely on on prayer uh, a good bit, um, and not even with any sort of real structure, but just essentially directed alone in my thought time. Um, and I, I know that that I try very much to uh, maintain my my personal relationship with religion through through prayer because. Uh, sometimes getting to physical church is is tough for for reasons, um, but but to again, and, and I think that 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 is reflection like like Xander was saying too. I just sort of direct mine to a deity where others don't necessarily. 
Uh, and so I know that that sort of helps to calm my brain when I've got a lot going on, especially like at night, kind of before I go to bed. Um, I'll, I'll practice that a little bit just to sort of calm myself down so that, that sleep can come. So I, yeah, that's what I rely on. Okay, good, good. So for me, spiritual, you know, I tend to, I am, I am faithful. Um, I, I really find that an important part of my life. Um, and I also find if I had to pick that church, so to be getting out in nature and just seeing how, um, I can exist among everything else that's been here long before and will be here long after. Um, I find a lot of spiritual care in terms of my kids and I'm big into music, um, listening to music. It kind of goes with the emotional attaching music to certain things. Um, but all of that is really a good way for me to kind of get at that soul level of, of care. Um, so for the next one, the personal wedge, let's do this one a little bit differently. Sure. Um, and so, you know, the personal wedge is really looking at what can you do just for yourself or something that's important for you. So when you when you respond to this one, I want you to think about what is that thing you could work on or you want to work on or you currently are working on that's really all about your yourself, your needs. You'll so, Kevin, I think we're going to start sure. with you. Uh, well, the, when you frame it like that, I think the thing that, that I'm wanting to do more of purely for me is like getting more crafty, like more. I want. I really am I'm trying to get into like woodworking. Um, and certainly I have a couple of pieces that I've made at my house that are the definition of rudimentary, but <laughs> functional and they're not falling apart. Uh, and so I take that as a win. But I, I've become very fascinated as of late with just, yeah, like simple woodworking. Like I'm not trying to become a master engraver or anything, but like, you know, my, uh, my wife really wants like a drop zone area in our new house to like put bags and shoes and, and that sort of thing. And so I really want like that's my next project once things slow down a little bit uh, work wise is to to try to find some plans online and actually make one. Um, and I think in the same way that you say getting in touch with nature is your sort of spiritual release, me trying to to do more hands-on and creative things, I think that's where one of my greater growth points personally is, 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 is trying to become more crafty with elemental things like wood. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right. Xander? Uh, I would say photography is definitely, like, I, I, I'm a wedding photographer and so I spend a lot of time behind the camera and as I have shot for a few years now a lot of times these shoots can get repetitive and redundant and it starts to become a just a a process almost like a machine like stand here do this take this um, and it loses that that artistic feel and so that personal growth that that i fight for constantly is still to keep that like that childlike discovery i guess is what i call it is i i want that every time i pick up that camera i i hope to see the world differently when i look through that lens and you look through it ten thousand times and that can get difficult so fighting to keep the world new and unique and focusing on things through photography is is definitely my personal uh self-care awesome that that is great um and, you know, for me, I, I think for me, I need to really 
I, and mine will kind of trail into the professional as well, but um, I need to really figure out who I am and what I want out of life. I feel like at age 42 ish, um, I thought I'd kind of know by now, but uh, what I really wanted, but I'm finding that it just changes so much. And then under our current constraints, it just seems to be even, you know, more important now that I, I continue to, um, kind of work on my friendships and reach out to people and, um, you know, show kindness and, and maybe that will help me figure out who I am. Um, but that's kind of an important thing to me right now is just what is my, if this is my blip on the radar of life, then, then what's my blip all about? Um, and so it's kind of a big question, but it at least gives me something to strive for. So let's end this out with professional, the last wedge in this wheel of pie here. Um, professional is kind of weird right now because our lives are really thrown into a strange place. But um, uh, either one of you who wants to take this first, what what do you have in terms of a professional goal or professional self-care, let's say? Uh, I would say for professional goals, my I, I'm working towards just getting to work more and more with students. So any way I can do that is the goal. Um but for the care side of it and what I do to ensure that I can give those students the best is, uh, is kind of twofold. And, and one of them is leaning on the rest of these tools so that I, I can give, like we talked in the beginning, having, having the, the right set of state of mind when I go to them, taking in consideration that every student has had their own life before they've gotten here and saying, okay, well, three kids last semester told me that their grandma died six times in, in the semester. You don't have that many grandmas, right? But when someone comes to me, even though it's easy to be like, I've been lied to before, I'm just going to, I'm going to still fight to believe them. And, and then I would say the other part is forcing myself to, to keep diving into literature that has to do with it and, and forcing myself to, to stay up to date because it's really easy to be a master in your field for for 10 minutes and then the, the, the way the field changes. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Kevin. Yeah. For me, for professional self-care, my big thing is um, conferences. Like, you know, I, I think sort of piggybacking on what Xander said, but you know, like when, when the number of professionals in your content area is limited as they are in my department here, you, you kind of find yourself having the same conversations and circulating the same ideas and the same project ideas and the same activities. And for me, just making it a point, and I know that it's, it can be a financial burden and it can be a time burden, especially with a family, but going to the national and the regional conferences is just a, a, such a great way for me to hit that reset button, get refreshed with new ideas, see the friends that I've made in the, in the discipline from either school or just going to conferences. And that for me is, is a big piece of self-care because I don't, I don't like being away from my wife and my, my daughter and soon to be next child. Uh, but, but that time away is so awesome for me professionally because it really does help to sort of refocus me for the next period of time. Yeah. And I know you before, so I know that's definitely um, a, a thing that you do work on and and you're right nobody wants to be typically hopefully away from their family and that but but 
we can really get buried in the other stuff of life that we do kind of lose ourselves professionally. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning that I need to learn better to say no. Um, and Kevin, I think you and I, I think we've talked about this. Good. I could be imagining yeah, it. At no, this we point, but, um, in that you say yes to things or I say yes to things. And sometimes I say yes to too many things because I'm afraid a kid, don't say yes to this, that the opportunity will pass, that it will, won't cycle back around, that it'll have some huge detrimental impact on, on what comes next. And then you kind of find yourself in this rut where you cannot care for the things you've said yes to. And so now you actually come off looking um, like you just aren't able to handle your um, what you've said you'd do. And so for me, I am really learning to step back and say, you know, I'm going to pass on this. I'm going to give it to somebody who has more time, more energy, more knowledge, because it's just not right right now. And, and learning to be okay with that, which is a big move. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good. Well, I, you know, that's that's a great exploration into this wheel. And like I said, I hope that uh, all of you listening uh, open that link up and follow along with us because uh, that leads us to our prompt to you guys uh, and what we want to hear from you all. And so we would love for you to, to tell us which of those wedges comes easiest to you. Like where are you able to practice self-care um, the most readily? And what are the things that you do to do that self-care? And then we'd also like to hear which wedge is challenging for you and what are some ways that you might want to try to practice self-care in that wedge as a way of sort of expanding your self-care repertoire. Uh, So before we sign off, Jeff, any final thoughts from you? No, you know, in the, in the end, you, you do have to take care of yourself because you matter and you have a lot to contribute to this world. We all do. And we can't do that if we aren't aware of our own Perfect. Needs. Xander, anything, any wrap up from you? Uh, I would say take a look at the wheel for sure, because part, one of the wonderful things about it is many of these overlap. So as, as we were discussing, uh, we can see that a lot of these, when I'm doing some of my emotional care, I'm also working on my spiritual. Uh, but that's also part of the danger is that maybe I need to take care of my emotional state and I'm leaning into my personal because that's what comes easiest. So take a look at it and see where you are falling short. That's, I guess that's my big takeaway. Awesome. And I, I would just end with self-care is not selfish. It is so necessary. And especially with our, again, we keep reflecting on our current new professional and home life scenario while we, while we let this virus uh, work its way through. Uh, but especially as we're now more cooped up and, and with the same people over and over again, like, do not be afraid to ask for 15 minutes to go to a different room in the house or take a walk around the house or go mow the lawn just to get outside the house. Like, communication is going to be so important for as long as this this stay put order is in, in effect because it's going to be very easy to just go to be very passive aggressive and, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Well, you can only do that so many times before it, it has a negative effect. So be communicative know that you have to self-care for yourself. That is so, so important. It is not selfish, Um, but find things that work for you because that's going to be the trick to making it a habit. So we are so, so thankful for having our special guest today. Xander, thanks so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. We're so happy to have you. And Jeff, thank you for your efforts. 
Once again, uh, listeners, you can send your response to our call to action to our email address, howyoufeelingpodcast at gmail.com. How, the letter U, feeling podcast at gmail.com. If you prefer to do that in 240 characters or less, you can also send your feedback to our Twitter handle at H-U-F podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you there too. Remember that you can subscribe or follow us on both Spotify and Anchor FM. And we'd so greatly love to have you as regular followers and listeners. I think when you do that, every time we drop a new episode, you get a notification. And so if you've liked the content to this point and you want to stay up to date, give us a follow or a subscribe. And again, thank you all for tuning in. We, we love having you and, and we look forward to more feedback. Uh, hey, Jeff, if people want to hear more from you on social media, how can they do that? Um, I'm on Twitter at Haverland J. And what about you? You can find me all over the Twitter sphere at KP Katani. Xander, are you on Twitter? I am not on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram sure. at Saleh Creative. Okay. Can you spell that in case folks? Uh... Uh, it's at S-A-L-E-H Creative. There we go. Look for him on Instagram. And if you're looking for a, uh, a an event photographer, Xander is your guy. You will not be disappointed. So for all of us here at, at the podcast, we thank you again. We look forward to hearing, uh, we look forward to discussing our next topic next time. Uh, take care of yourself. Be sure to take care of each other. And thanks again for listening to How You Feeling.